0: morning and welcome to Our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along on this Valentine's Day, Monday morning. Valentine's Day. You know, many Christian, many holidays had a Christian foundation, and of course, uh, Valentine's Day is probably one of them. You go back in time, way back into the 4th and 3rd centuries, and you find there was a Roman emperor, Claudius II, who had a law, a rule that he understood that single men made better soldiers than married men. So he had a law and a rule that uh, people weren't to get married so they'd be better soldiers, better conquerors. And evidently there was a Christian saint named Valentine who um, saw the injustice of that and sought to marry single men in private, in secret. And he got him married, he got caught, he got tortured, beheaded, And evidently, that's the root of this. However, like many holidays, paganism enters in and tries to take over. And we see that in our day, do we not? So as we think of Valentine's Day, as we say love is in the air, my question is, is it love or is it lust? I'm often on campus. This comes up a lot. As a matter of fact, on campus, the students love their favorite topic to talk about obviously has to do with sex. It's on their minds. Remember many, many, many years ago, a young lady saying to me, what's wrong with me having sex with my boyfriend? After all, he loves me. And I asked, well, where's your ring? And she said, what do you mean? I said, well, if he loved you, he'd, he'd marry you. Have you set a date? Have you, are you engaged yet? And her answer was telling, well, he doesn't love me that much. And I hear this quite often. And so the confusion between love and in giving in a commitment, making that commitment versus lust, which simply says, I want to get some sort of pleasure or feeling from you. There's a big difference. And the inability to, to distinguish and discern that difference has messed up many a life. And in our culture, it's messing up a lot of lives. I'd like to read from First Thessalonians chapter 4. And beginning with verse 3. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that is, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in lustful passion like the Gentiles who do not know God, and that no man transgress and defraud his brother in the matter because, because the Lord is the avenger in all these things just as we also told you beforehand and solemnly warned you, Warned you, for God has not called us for the purpose of impurity, but in sanctification. So he who rejects this is not rejecting man, but the God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. How, what an interesting section of scripture. We want everyone to walk in the will of God, to be living in the will of God. And there's when we seek the will of God, lots of times there's the very specific what should be my career? Should I move here? Who should I marry? Uh, specific questions that we have relating to our life. But there's also the general will of God that applies to all of us. And that's what Paul's referring to here. This is the will of God, your sanctification. That is, that you abstain from sexual morality. It's interesting how so often in the epistles one of the first aspects in, that Paul would bring out in the culture in which he was raised, the Gentile culture there, which must have been pretty promiscuous, um, urges them to a life of holiness in relation to sexual matters. And indeed, our culture... Our culture, I don't think we can assume, is any better than theirs. As a matter of fact, we've probably far more perverse, far more promiscuous. With the onslaught of uh, the sexual revolution, the breakdown of morality around the around the world, and the um, proliferation of all this through pornography, and so we've been called to holiness. Now, here's the problem with all the information out there. Shall we we'll call it information on the internet? magazines, um, television, movies, conversation, internet chat, classrooms, dormitories, you name it. With all of that, we tend, even in the church, we tend to be instructed and learn about sexuality by people who aren't very holy, by people who aren't given to the will of God, by people who aren't interested in sanctification or holiness, as this verse says. I've shared before. I'll share it again. That way back in 1980, I was at the Democratic National Convention in in um, New York City at Madison Square Garden. I was leading a large demonstration called "Back to God." Well, there was another fellow there by the name of Al Goldstein, who was a pornographer, one of the cutting-edge, shall we say, pornographers in some pretty filthy stuff there in New York City. And uh, CNN, which was a brand-new television uh, cable station, had a little on-street debate between the two of us. And I must say that Al Goldstein, who was there handing out pornography to the delegates as they walked into the the, uh, Madison Square Garden, was one of the more disgusting, rude, Uh, Depraved, filthy individuals I've ever met. He might be number one. He was a he was a bad, bad person, and he was that way towards the CNN person, towards me, towards the the women he had working with him. That way towards everybody, he was just really an an ugly person, referring to his spirit, his manners, and so on. And. I realized later that he's the type of guy who puts pornography on, out, I mean, he was a pornographer, he's the type of guy who puts it online. At the time, he was, he, the stuff he would have put, we would have called smut, and you couldn't find it except down in the, you know, seedy part of town. But now he'd be the person who puts it online in the internet, and, and uh, of course he's dead now, but he would be if he were still alive. And so my point being, that's not the type of person you want to teach you about love. He never, he never knew love. He only knew lust. I, sometimes, I have a picture of Hugh Hefner and sometimes on campus I'll hold it up and I said, who do you think has a better love life? This guy. And I hold up Hugh Hefner and it's standing there in his red, red velvet robe or, or me, your favorite campus preacher. Well, oh, some student will say, obviously Hugh Hefner. I say, no, 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 you're wrong. Hugh Hefner never knew love. He knew a lot about lust he had multiple partners. He did all, he did, he might've done things I've never heard of, never even thought of, but he never knew love. I've been married over 40 years. I've understood what love is. He only knew what lust is. The inability to discern the difference between love and lust. Love gives, love makes commitments. Love is loyal. Love is, is self-sacrificial. Lust is all about getting, all about getting. And, um, And this is the inability to make that discernment something that's hurt many, many a person, young and old alike. Let's make sure we know the difference. Let's make sure we don't let the world educate us in this area of intimacy. Paul writes in first Thessalonians chapter four, that we are to possess our body with honor and dignity, not like the Gentiles who don't know God, not like the pagans, they don't know god they will possess their bodies differently they as we read in first in romans chapter 1 they have been given over to depraved activities that their bodies might be dishonored among them we read in romans we we are to be christians who our bodies are honored we honor our wife we honor our husband we honor our own bodies this is important okay father in heaven we bless you today and we thank you for the body you have given us. You've made us in your very image. You've given us a body. We are now the temple of the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit lives in us. Father, we, we, we desire to be people who follow your instructions, who live a life of holiness, who honor you and honor the bodies that you've given us and honor the body of our spouse. Lord, I pray today for each marriage here that we would have a holy relationship with our spouse and one that would be pure. Lord, I think of people who say they want to remain pure until marriage. No, Lord, I pray we would always be pure. We'd always be pure. We thank you, Lord, for I pray for single people, Lord, who are not yet married or who maybe marriage was not in their future, that likewise they would live their body and and uphold their body in honor and dignity. Lord, we realize that you have made us holy. We realize, Lord, you have made us to be your own. I pray, Lord, that we would live in our very bodies, dedicated to you. You said we want to offer our bodies to you as living and holy sacrifices. We pray they would not be dishonored, but with holiness and dignity. I pray, Lord, for our culture. I pray for our young people. Lord, they're just saturated in images of sexuality. They're just taught that, that what is sinful is exciting. What is holy is boring and dull. I pray, Father, that those stereotypes given to us in, in, our, in, our, edu- in our entertainment and pictures and movies and all and the pornography plague I pray, Father, that the young people in our day could escape that. I pray for our own children, and grandchildren, protect them, watch over them, deliver them from evil. Lord, it's just, we're just swimming in it. We're just swimming in images that are so tempting and so alluring. And I pray you would guard, particularly the young people, guard our, guard our, our uh, marriages, guard our husbands and our wives, guard, guard us of all ages, guard our leaders, we pray. And might we walk in holiness, because this is the will of God for us. Father, on this Valentine's Day, we thank you for the gift of, of sexual intimacy. This comes from you. It's not an evil thing. Indeed, it didn't evolve. This came from you. You created it, and you gave it to us as a gift to be honored, protected, and used, used in, a, in a righteous way. And we pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen. We want to resist temptation you know, on that last thing. As I, I tell students on campus, it's really true. I say, you know, sex is kind of like a, I think of a river. Rivers bring life. Rivers bring irrigation. Great cities are built on rivers. Rivers uh, are the lifeblood of a, of, a, of a country, a continent. But a river that overflows its boundaries can become extremely dangerous and can be deadly and destructive. Likewise with the sexual relationship. Within the boundaries, that's where life comes. You wouldn't be here without it. Within the boundaries, that's how life is procreated. That's how life continues. That's how humanity continues. It is a God-given, God-ordained, and God-created thing. But outside those boundaries, outside the boundaries of marriage, it becomes a wicked thing. It's interesting, Paul says, he rejects this as rejecting the Holy Spirit. Understand in our churches today, and I should have mentioned this earlier, but in our churches today, this area is under attack. More and more people are saying, that's just the teaching of men, that marriage is a, a human construct. Not at all. It is a God-given institution. And those who reject this teaching and advocate for same-sex marriage or marriage outside of or sex outside of marriage or premarital sex adultery any of those things they're not rejecting men they're rejecting the holy spirit it's an area to stand firm on pray for your churches there's a lot of pressure in our day to not stand firm on this we pray people would okay my name is tom short so glad to have you along with me today on our day's daily word and prayer if you're new welcome i'm glad you're here please come back. We believe that by being here day by day, getting in the word of God day by day and being inspired and encouraged by it, we will become the people God wants us to be. So I pray you'll join me. Subscribe, hit the notify, like the video, leave a comment. And if you're here regularly, God bless you. I trust you're being edified and encouraged. You have a great day. I'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow morning. Have a great day. (music) Bye-bye.